Amen. Well, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, I'm going to ask Brother Tony to lead to start with, and Brother Earl, I'll get him in a little later too. But I pray that God will uh, stir us today and Amen. give us something today. Amen. And I pray that the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. And I'll say this: if there's anybody here today, I know we're church folks, but if you're one of those church folks that ain't got the stuff, I pray God get a hold of you today. Amen. And I pray the Holy Spirit of God take this study and this lesson and use it for his glory and honor and his name might be praised and even in a bible study like this if you're not saved you can get saved Amen. and if you're out of the will of god this is a good time a good time and a good day to get it settled Amen. straightened out so we thank god for this i appreciate it so brother tony you lead us to the throne of grace and then we'll get started Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you again this morning. Oh, we do, Lord. Thanking yes. you, Lord, God, that we have this time. Amen. Lord, to come together and yes. feed off your word. Yes. We ask you, Lord, Amen. today to guide Brother Dennis and, Lord, give him wisdom, understanding, help him, Lord, to be able to teach Father. what we need to hear today. Yes, Lord. Lord, you take just a small group like this. Lord, to the world, it might be foolish. Yes. Yeah. But, Lord, to you, the Word is powerful. And God's sharper than any two-edged sword. And, Lord, if there's ever a day that we need the Word, it's yes. today. Yes, Father. Lord, help us not to be only hearers of the Word, but, God, that we go out and be doers as well. Yeah. I yes. pray, Lord, today, God, will open up our minds, our hearts to you. May the Holy Spirit, Lord, speak to each and every one of Father. us. Father. God, we can go away from here rejoicing, dear Lord, of the things to come. Now have your way, and we'll thank you. Bless all these special needs and prayer requests. Yes. That your will be yes. done today. Yes, Father. In yes. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Uh, we're going to take a study again today. I, we started. Notes. You need a notebook, brother? Uh, Oh, we got one down you can write in. Uh, we started last week, in, or in last month, we was dealing with the Battle of Armageddon. We're taking sub subjects here that normally you don't get into and, you know, spending any time and looking at it. And today we're going to go back to this one. We dealt with it in one area last week, and we deal with it in a different one today. And somebody say, why in the world are we preaching on the and teaching on Armageddon? And uh, and and I'll give you some reasons why in just a minute. Because you said, and and most people and a lot of church people, I've heard preachers preach and preach and preach and preach. Matter of fact, about three or four months ago, I heard uh, Billy Graham preach on the Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon. Now, I'm not a fan of Billy Graham's last years, but he preached a sermon on Armageddon that'll skin you hide and make you think. That's before he changed. And uh, I, and preachers been preaching it for years and years and years. The fact is, everybody in this building at this table today, if you're saved by the grace of God, you'll never see Armageddon on this earth in your lifetime. Amen. Amen. Now that's the thing about it, but you know the most people in the churches today across our country 
don't even know when it's going to happen. And they think it's a thing because so many preachers are preaching it that they think it's going to happen just any day now. It's going to take place any day. They're concerned about Armageddon, the mark of the beast, uh, all that. And you don't have to worry about that. If you're saved by the grace of God, that's not going to affect you none at all. Because you're on the Lord's side, and we're not going to get that because Armageddon ain't going to take place until after, number one, the rapture of the church. It's going to take place not only that, but after the tribulation. And more uh, more technical, it's not going to happen to after the great tribulation. Yeah. You've got to keep in your mind there's a tribulation and there's a great tribulation. Right. There's the first three and a half years of the tribulation, it's false peace. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not going to be as bad till you get to the great tribulation, which is where... Satan has really put all his efforts out to taking over the world. And then I'm going to kind of talk about why there's going to be an Armageddon. One, because God said it. Amen. And I'm going to give you some reasons why we are teaching this today. Number one, because God said to preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. God put it in the book. And if God put it in the book, it's our job to preach the book. Amen. And that's what he said in the book of Timothy. And uh, you are Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Right? right? So we thank God for it. Not only that, but I believe when we preach it, we're preaching uh, to, to help inform others so that they'll know what's going on. I mean, we've got so many in our churches today don't know what the battle of Armageddon is. And uh, they don't understand the seriousness of it and why it's happening. And what's going to take place at it. And we may not get down to the itty gritty of it today because there's so much uh, things before it that I want to deal with. And I pray that God will show us. But we'll get there eventually. And then I look at it another thing. Uh, God wants us to know His will, His mind. Amen. You know what is His will and His mind? you got it in front of you if you've got a Bible. That's God's will and God's mind. Right. You don't... Uh, the reason we don't know God's mind and God's will is because we don't read that book. And uh, then we read it, and sometimes we don't understand it, but we just keep reading it, and we learn a little bit here, and we learn a little bit there. Now, these little girls here, and I appreciate these little girls, but you know what? They don't know how to, uh, they don't know how to cook a, a cake from scratch down to nothing and put all that. I'm talking about the little ones. The others may know a little bit of it, but I, I t- they... They hadn't got there yet. I don't mean they're incapable. It just means they haven't grown enough. Right? And so that's with us. We don't know those things. I remember when I didn't know nothing about what I'm preaching today. Yeah. Brother Burl, as old as you are, there was a time that you don't know what you uh, didn't yes, know what sir. you know now, do you? That's right. Is that right? And we learn. We get it a little bit at a time. Here a little, there a little, line by line, precept upon precept. Not only that, we we find the will of God and the mind of God so that we won't stumble in the dark. God don't want us to not know. I believe the church is the answer to the world for the truth of God. You believe that? I believe God put the church on here to teach, to preach. Matter of fact, the Bible calls the church the pillar and ground of what? Truth. Truth, Truth, yeah. Amen. 
And that's why the church is supposed to be strong and straight and pure. Amen. Amen. I mean, if, if, if I'm having to teach my life and you're having to preach your, uh, teach your life and uh, we're not right with God, we're a, we're a bad example to the world. Right. They won't know. So that's why we have to be clean, straightforward, and uh, pure and, you know, sanctified, dedicated, consecrated to the Lord and following the Word of God is because that's our job is to tell the others the truth. That's, that's basically all of us got a job. Yeah. Amen. And our job is to uh, get it out there. And then God wants us to warn our loved ones and our friends and family about a coming judgment. And this is a way to do it. You can teach on and preach on Armageddon, all kinds of uh, things tonight, to, I mean, today that can uh, open minds of men and women that they'll reach out and grab the truth. And they may not do it, but it's our job to put it out there. Right. Amen. And then it'll also dispel any error and, and falsehood that people may have about it. And that's why I want to deal with it in a special way today. So I believe it dispel error and falsehoods. Now listen, if you've got anything to comment on, help yourself today. We did that last time. It seemed to help. And Brother Burl, if you've got something you want to say, I want to throw, throw in, you do it. Brother Tony, I already told you that before. You do it. You want to, you'll have to stop me, slow me down. But that's fine. Uh, we're here for the truth. We're here for the man. I feel honored to sit between these two men this morning anyhow. Amen. Praise God. I appreciate it. But I'll say it. Now, the word Armageddon, it's not mentioned but one time in the Bible. Let me see if I can find where that's at. And uh, look at this one, one time. Now, that, it's, it's, it's mentioned other times or, or referred to in other times, but in the 16th chapter of the book of Revelation, somebody said, you mean you're going to teach a whole lesson today on Armageddon? That's right. This is the second time we've done this, and we may do it another third and fourth time before we get through. I don't know. Amen. There's a whole lot that we can't exhaust it. Amen. So, the word Armageddon, does anybody know what Armageddon actually means? It's got several little meanings, but basically is the mouth of Megiddo. Has anybody ever seen the, the uh, valley of Megiddo in the Bible? I mean, it, I mean, seen it personally on the earth. I had the privilege of seeing it in 1972. Uh, when we went to the Holy Land, it's a big, vast valley. And I'll tell you a few things about it. And uh, it's in chapter 16 and verse 16. Armageddon, chapter 16, 16. And we're going to come back to this portion of Scripture sometime in the morning, or this morning. And uh, it's a vast valley. It's got three mountains on it. It's got the mountain called Mount Gilboa, Mount Tabor, and Mount Carmel. It's also known as the Valley of Jezreel when you read that in your Bible. So what's that matter? Well, it don't except give you some history to know a little bit about it. And uh, I'll give you some things here in just a minute. It's a well-known battlefield. Many battles have been fought there. Uh, two in particular that I can tell you right off, and you can find others in there. But have you ever heard of uh, somebody called uh, Gideon? Mm -hmm. right. Gideon fought that battle, 
with 300 men in that valley. And you'll find this in Judges chapter number uh, 5, I guess, or 6. We'll look at that in just a little bit. We'll see him. But uh, you're going to find it, how that he fought in that valley. And uh, those mountains, you remember uh, Mount uh, Gilboa and Mount Carmel? You know, Elijah worked a lot at Mount Carmel, 450 prophets of Baal. We had uh, Deborah and Barak. They fought the battle there. And you remember how that Gideon done that? He said they had got too many men. God did. God told him you got too many. Remember, he prayed, and God, he told him, said, if anybody wants to go home, go on home. And they went and left 10,000, and God said, that's still too many. I'm sure that scares the man of God. God don't have to have a crowd. I'm glad of that. Thank God. Well, Tony, ain't you glad God don't have to have a crowd? You and one, you and God is enough. That's a majority. Amen. Amen. Or God by Himself is a majority. <laughs> Don't need us. God can work on it without us, but I appreciate Him using us. So what happens is uh, Gideon broke them up and uh, just had 300. And uh, there they were. He put them in little parts and sent them down the hill. They come down the hill with their lamps under the under the bushel, so to speak, had them hid, uh, put the they called it pitchers. They broke the pitchers and said, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And there's a coming in from everywhere, and it wasn't but just 300 of them. <laughs> and they killed themselves, and people did. They, yeah. Uh, yeah. Amen. Said, Boy, we got the crowd. They thought this outnumbered. Uh, I seen that happen one time in, this, in one of the churches I pastored. I don't know. I, I say that I don't actually what happened, but uh, I'd gotten wind that they was going to come in and vote me out in the church one morning, and so uh, he said, "What'd you do?" I went to church, and we got Sunday school. Went on about business. I went, and they came in, and uh, the crowd came in a great number of people I'd never even seen before. They come in, and I'm saying, "All right." They're going to vote me out today. We went to Sunday school, and they stayed in the auditorium. I don't know what they was doing, but we come out of Sunday school, they was all gone. <laughs> and we had service, and nothing ever happened. <laughs> Except they went up the road and built them another church. <laughs> and I, I, maybe the Lord showed them they was outnumbered. I don't know. And uh, he may open their eyes. Well, we've seen that too with Elijah, didn't he? Yeah. Remember Elijah? Well, no, Elisha, I guess. Elisha, little fellow looked over and he said, we're outnumbered. And the Lord, uh, Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. And he opened his eyes and he saw a great big multitude of people around him. And he found out he wasn't there by himself. God outnumbered them. Amen. Amen. Uh, one angel took 185,000 uh, and and kill the army of 185,000. Just one angel with the power of God. So God can take care of things. He can turn things. And I appreciate that. I do praise praise God for it. So Gideon did it. Uh, Deborah and Barak done it. And you can see it. It's in those mountains. Now, I'll give you this about Jezreel and all that. I want to get into this scripture. You got something you want to say, brother? I'm, I'm okay. Brother. All right, okay. And so, 
Napoleon. Y'all have heard of Napoleon. Napoleon said this is a, a place for a battle, but he did fight a battle there. Titus and the Romans and some of them went down through there. And uh, Pompey, he, these are people that's in the history, some of them out of the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar, Richard the Lionhearted, uh, Ramesses, and uh, many have poured their blood out in, the, in, in that valley of Megiddo. And whoever can uh, control Megiddo in that day, and even in this day, they control uh, the, the land. They control the world to a certain extent because that is the base uh, for trade and ways of getting to where they need to go. And uh, uh, there'll they'll be somebody that will move the world in Megiddo and all that. And I just thinking about that, and uh, we want to uh, look at this and, and, and go back and look at it. The scene and the struggle of good and evil has taken place at Megiddo for years and years and years. And there is going to be at least one more war, if not more. That's going to be the final war when there's going to be a war between good and evil and we win. Amen. Yeah. This time at Battle of Armageddon, we win. Or we don't. The Lord does. I'm, but He wins, we do too. Preacher, I, I've already decided Jesus says one word. Drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about right. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he, he will get the last word. That is right. But we won't fight a battle. No. But we'll win the battle. Amen. Our captain will. We're on the winning okay, side. we're on the winning side. Now, let me tell you something about studying the book of Revelation. People studying the Revelation today, they're getting, they get disturbed. They get upset. Revelation's not a book to make you upset if you're <laughs> saved. No. Only way you ought to get upset is to be when you're lost and know you're lost. Because you're going to have to face some of this stuff yes, sir. if you don't get saved. But if you're born again, Revelation should never disturb the church because the Lord said for us to preach it. Yeah. It's the In the only, first chapter. It's the only book that comes with a, with a promise. Blessing. That's right. It is. Bless he tells us he'll bless us. Bless it if you read it. And hear it. And hear it. First chapter. Ain't that right? That's right. Amen. The rest of them you can leave off. But you, that one book right there, it's a book that you can read it and be blessed with it. Well, here's what's happened. And i got to think about this. Just as soon as the church is called out of here, just as soon as the church is called out of here, God's going to revert back to the Jew. Here's something. I've said this, I guess, a half a dozen times in just a little short time. I'm not trying to repeat myself but I'm trying to repeat myself. That's that makes sense? Pretty good statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to make my, uh, to keep saying it, but I'm trying to keep saying it because it's the truth. Just as soon as the church is called out, God will revert back to the Jew. Remember right now, if you can get the Jew and the Gentile and God's plan for the church the, and uh, the Jew and the Gentile 
Get it straightened out how God deals with those. He'll settle a lot of problems. He'll calm a lot of fears. He'll straighten out things and make common sense work. There's three entities in the Bible. I've said it over and over. The church, the Jew, and the Gentile. Amen. Every person on this earth, regardless of creed, color, nationality, language, they'll fit into one of those three categories. If you're church, you're born again. You can be Jew or Gentile. Amen. Saved by the same grace, by the same Lord, by the same faith. That makes you one in the church. What is God dealing and who is God dealing with today in our day right now where we're living? Called the day of grace. The church. He's not dealing with the Jew primarily. He's not dealing with the Gentile primarily. We're in a day of grace when the Jew and the Gentile can come together under the same Savior. You see? And it's called the church. The church was not mentioned in the Old Testament. And when we get called out of here, the church won't be mentioned anymore on the earth except for those who got false religion and call it the church. Right? Right. Right. Am I missing right. anything? No. You're doing good. No. All right. I've, I've known preacher. I've known <coughs> many of our greatest evangelistic preachers have been Jews. Yep, they have converted Jews. They are. I listen. I, I got a real blessing out of. Amen. Out of hearing some of them personally. Yes, sir. There, I listen to one Jew if I'm at home every evening at five fifteen, and I like to hear him. He's good. And he, and he talks about salvation by grace. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when the, Before the church come into play, Gentiles, God dealt with the Gentile in the Old Testament. Yeah. But He only dealt with them not like He did the Jew. He didn't, he didn't shun them. Listen, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord will save them. It don't make no difference who they are. Right. Amen. And so, he'll, he saved Gentiles in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he saves Gentiles along with the Jew. But now God's not picking the Jew out in particular working with him. He's got him reserved in judgment. Let, I like to look at it like this. There's some uh, angels that have fallen. And God has put them in reserve. Those who left their first estate, God has put them in reserve them in chains of darkness. And that's going to be dealt with later. But He's done the same thing to the Jew, but He ain't put him in chains of darkness. He just put him on the sideline and He's letting him have his way because He's rejected God. It's not because God hates him. It's because he refused, the Jew has refused his son. Amen. That's the only thing, brother, God won't tolerate, refusing his son. Right. You do anything you can to each other and to this world and everything else. But I'll tell you right now, you do not do disgrace to the Son of God. Right. It takes grace to keep you from being disgraced. Amen. Amen. That's good. Amen. All right. 
So we thank God for that. We praise the Lord for it. Now, here's the thing. As you look into the Scriptures, this place here, God's got set aside. And the first thing you're going to find that takes place after the church is called out of here is the regathering of Israel. I'm preaching this different than most people preach it. Everybody says Israel has already been regathered. Well, I know in 1948, May 14, 15, May 15th, 14, 15th, what is today, 13th? This time, tomorrow, 75 years ago, the Jew went back to his homeland. But he was aided by people. But not all the Jews are in the Holy Land. They're not there. New York's full of them. That's right. New York is full of them. Russia's got a lot of them. Yeah. A lot Why of countries. Huh? Why did they go to New York? Money. Money. Jews love money. And I'm not making fun of them. There's a lot of them in Atlanta. They are. They're in big business. And I'll tell you, those in New York, and I've dealt with those in New York, but those in New York don't want to go back to the Holy Land. They got it made. They think they got it made, yeah. And they really have in the economic world because they control a lot of things. But what's going to happen, I don't know how it's going to happen. I can't give you the details. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen to the people that's in, in the Holy Land. They'll be there. But they're, the, all those Jews have got to go back to their homeland. Because yeah. what God says to the Jew is, this is your land. You're, you and your seeds forever and I know they're not saved haven't, re- haven't received the Lord but God is going to give them that call again yep. to come out and it's he's their Messiah he wants to take charge of their lives and they don't want it that's 144,000 yeah. Jews yeah. yeah and I don't know where they'll get them but they're going to get them up. Yes, they yeah, they'll get them. This is an amazing thing. I started to even uh, put out some things about the 144,000. See, they're going to be ramped. That's going to take the church's place yeah. for God. The church's place is going to be taking place, uh, taking care of with uh, the, the people who are what I call religious, the old steens and those kind today that are not preaching anything. They're going to, they're the, the, the religion, I think it'll come from the Catholic service. Yeah. Decide on that. And what's going to happen is, these people are going to uh, have a, a desire in their heart to go back over there. I don't know, I've, I've said this in the last, what, six, seven months, when this little phrase has come up, we're going to talk about some phrases today that you're seeing now when I begin to lay it out here just a little closer about what's going to happen. And we're going to try to today before we get out here talk about the plagues that I never hear too many preachers preach about in the tribulation. Do you? Do you? But it's going to be a a plague. You remember uh, Egypt? And when they had plagues, there was ten plagues. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what turned Pharaoh's heart. 
finally to stop him to the place he let the people go. Well, God's going to do this with the devil. Those plagues are coming. And you, I'll show them to you today. We're going to look at some of these. Matter of fact, I'm going to get into some of that uh, one way or another. We're going to work around to that. Because we're not even seeing nobody preach these things. What's the plagues? What are the plagues? Lots of them. And it's in the place of Jacob's trouble, time of the last half of the tribulation. It's fearful things, terrible things, things that has never happened on the face of the earth. Now, some of, we had the lice and the all frogs and all that stuff down in Egypt. But what about what God's going to show in the tribulation? You don't hear preachers preach it. I don't know why. I don't I hadn't preached it myself. I guess. Because we're trying to answer questions at church, being people on what's Armageddon, what's the mark of the beast, or something like that, I guess. But we're going to look at it. It's going to be a fearful thing. So you said, I'm not going to face that. If you're saved today, you're not. I want to keep stressing the fact make sure you know you are saved. Amen. And not just got a deception. Not just got a membership of a church. You make sure you've been born again. That's why it's important. That's why we're preaching it. That's why we teach it. Not to prove anything to you other than you need the Lord. So what's going to happen is at the church is called out. Israel will be regathered. And God somehow, some way, will force them to go back to the homeland. It might be because of anti Semitism that you didn't hear 20 years ago much but you're hearing it now to a constant degree did you know uh, nation after nation is rising against Israel today and they're anti-Semitic in other words they're against Israel Mm -hmm. more nations are rising against Israel America is more anti-Semitic than it's ever been the government used to stand by the Jew. Now they renege on a lot of things. The Bible said if uh, you bless the Jew, he'll bless you. If you stand against the Jew, he'll stand against you. And that's what he says. He'll curse you. And we're seeing that happen. That's why I believe one reason our nation's going down. I believe that's the main reason. That plus sin. But we give up God. That's one reason. And the main reason. But the reason we're anti-Semitic is because we have forgotten God. Alright. The second thing going to happen is after the church is taken out and the Jews are joined back into Israel, they're going to be uh, a situation happening in Europe and you're seeing it now. Europe is going to be, uh, matter of fact, Europe is between the East and the West. When I was younger, I never knew to talk about the east and the west no. but now the countries or the world is divided now between the east and the west the middle east the east that's over there in those Arab countries and those places over here we're in the west and Europe is in between it and Europe did have a big play in the world situation years ago it did yeah, it did. yeah. And now it's getting its play back again because we're looking at uh, what they're calling globalism. 
tw- 10 years ago, did you hear anything about globalism? I didn't. You're hearing it now. What about one world conferences? I hear them talk about them all the time now. And uh, so what's happening? Everything is leaning back to Europe. The Euro, they're having problems over there. Where's the NATO at right now? Of course, I know it's situated in the, head, in the headquarters of New York, but where's it working at right now the most? In Europe. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. And it's working there, and that's where it's going to be. And these things are joining up, and it's, it's coming together. And I, I, was, I run into this about three weeks ago, and I've held off about saying anything about it because I knew I was going to teach here. I read about a song that they're singing and teaching uh, all over the country in our schools. The little song is titled, Come Young Citizens of the World. And I didn't hear the song sung. I just read the words to it. Here's the, here's the words. This is what the kids are singing. We're one. We're one. Come, young citizens of the world. We have one hope. We have one dream. And with one voice, we sing peace, prosperity, and love for all mankind. Now, that's what the world is singing, trying to teach the kids. Because the world is leaning to a one-world system, which is coming. It's closer than we think. It's not going to take place. I don't believe the one world system will completely be in effect until after the church is called out of here. And the reason I say that is because that's when God's going to deal with the Jew. He's not going to deal with the church because the church, He's dealing with us now. You know what God's doing? He's preaching to us, wanting us to get our act right, get cleaned up, make good Christian witnesses and win souls. That's what God wants the church to do. That's our big job right now. Amen. Nothing else. Uh, everybody thinks and listens to the preacher. They think the preacher is just trying to get them to live right. God just trying to get you to where you will be a witness, a Christian witness, that will make people give the hearts and lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our job. Amen. That's my job. My job is trying to win you to the Lord. I have a hard time with it. Every other preacher has a hard time with it. Isn't it amazing? We can talk talk and preach till we're blue in the face and people in America don't pay us much attention. And God said that's going to happen. That's why it's scary. It's here now. 25 years ago, I could get people to listen to me a little bit better than yeah, I do now. Yeah. Could do you? Right. What about you? Do you find that today people not don't pay attention? Everybody's got their own idea about the church. Everybody's got their own little life in the church. Everybody's got their own little world in the church. It, the Bible is not the basis nor the, or the bottom line. Preacher, don't you think this is what's uh, retaining the Lord's return? Yep. That the bride's got to be complete yep, it before has. he comes to get her. That's right. And so every soul that's saved Absolutely. brings that's us it. closer that's to right. the return of Jesus. That's right. That's right. The bride is going to be made up of a certain 
I've always said that um, whether we like it or not, abortion helps us in, the, in that same. And I'm not for abortion. You know that. But when they're taking young babies like that out of the womb of a mother, killing them, that's another added to the church. And that's bad that that's what's having to add to the church today. But let me tell you, I used to go out witnessing on and, and going to homes of people and men and women, wives and husbands, three or four kids, two kids, one child. I sat in their living room, sat the couch, talked to them, took my Bible, and I watched them tears run down their face. I've talked to them, and I've seen their lips quiver a little bit. And I've seen and knowed and could feel the touch of God, and I could see that God was working with that man or woman or that boy or that girl. And they began to tremble. That was conviction. Now you go into homes. I I don't know how long it's been since I've been in a home, talked to a mom and daddy or a kid, and uh, their lips quiver and their eyes leak, and uh, they act like you know what to look at. They look arrogant at you now. Yeah, just look straight at you. Okay, hurry up. Uh, I'll buy you encyclopedias if you get out of here. Just get on out. Get through. I don't want to hear this. That's how we've come to. But we've turned. Something's happened and we can have all kinds of speculation of what we think it is. But we just, we're in the last days. But God's going to feel that bride. Yes, sir. And He's not coming after the bride that it gets full. That's right. Amen. He don't want half. He don't want to have a half a wife. Ain't that right, brother Tony? That's right. That's right. Amen. He wants to have full bride, full church. Yeah. And that's going to be glorious. Uh, that that be a good thing to be on right now. But I'm talking about Armageddon, and we're seeing all this, and uh, it, it's it's something. Amen. Now that little song, we're one. We're one. Come, young citizens of the world. We have one hope. We have one dream. And we have one voice to sing. Peace, prosperity, and love for all mankind. Don't that sound good? But let's look and see where we find that in the Bible. Go to the Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Genesis, first book of the Bible, to chapter 11. Those of you know where I'm heading. I want to read one verse. Genesis 11, 6. This is after the flood. This is after people's done got out multiplying now. The world's growing. A new crowd's come along. A new group of people. Down in verse number 6 in chapter 11, they're building them a tower. And they're saying they're going to make themselves a name. God said, let's go down and see them. In verse number 6, he says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they have all one language. 
And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Did you know this world is we're looking, and they're actually, when they tell you they, they're, they're, they're looking for peace, the world is crying for peace. Yeah. yeah. It's going to get worse because the Bible says when they cry for peace and uh, safety, destruction comes. All right. And uh, that's what we're going to have. That's, that's why the Antichrist will be so well accepted. He's going to offer them something that the whole world wants. We're not talking about him today, but, but he's going to be a superhuman. A human, I mean a super, a super duper. He'll be able to answer all the questions, solve all the problems. He's coming. And so it, well, you see, now right here in Genesis 11, this is where Babylon gets started, or the Tower of Babel. The Babylonians appear. And uh, we're still dealing with them now. Yeah. I believe the Lord's going to say again, like He did in verse seven, "Let us go down." Yep, I saw that while ago. Yeah. Yep, it will. He will. You'll see that in this as we look in, into it. If you search through the scriptures, we go and read. You have to read between the lines on some of it. Not, not read in anything, but those verses are there, and we see it now. I even saw this. I don't know where you've even seen it. Have you seen where they're trying to mess with the A.D. and the B.C.? Yeah. Has anybody? Have you? They want to do away with A.D. after the death of Christ and the B.C. before Christ. And they're going to change it to C.E. They're going to change it to C.E., which is going to be called Common Era. It's not going to be in the days of our Lord, so-and-so. And they're trying to do that now. And even uh, we are seeing it being transpired to now. They're trying to do away with our heritage. They're trying to do away with our past. They're doing that all over the world. Right. Taking down our... uh, What was that this week? Uh, I heard something in the news. I didn't know what was going on. Didn't even associate it with this when I heard it. But uh, they're taking down another thing at oh Fort Benning. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever seen? It's going to be Fort Moore, isn't it? Yeah. And it's going to be named after a woman and his uh, uh, her husband. The husband and her be the first one they've ever named after a, 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 a man and a wife. You see where I'm getting to? And sometimes days past, I've been preaching on feminism and the thing of. This, this is a feminine society that the women is taking the rule and all that. Listen, that's of Satan. Yeah. And the devil's doing that. Of course, I understand man don't stand and so somebody takes over. Right. And uh, we won't take her part. I, I also saw that the Soviet Union or the Soviet, what they call the Soviet Republic, and they're coming together now more than they ever have against Israel because now they're lining up with China and Iran. <clears throat> so that's pl- and you say why are you saying that? Because that's the works today before the rapture takes place. That's going to be manifested more after the church is gone. Right. To get what God's going to get done in the book of Revelation. Revelation is going to come true 
It's going to come to pass. It's going to happen to exactly what it says and beyond what we comprehend. That's the problem we have today. Uh, It's not that we don't believe it. It's so far far fetched that we can't comprehend it. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. And I'm, I'll show you some other things. Here's just happened. Here's something I've noticed in the last little bit. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter nine. Back up to chapter nine. We're going to use the book of Revelation quite a bit this morning. In Revelation chapter nine, I want us to go to chapter nine and verse thirteen. We're going to read here just for a minute. And this is the sixth trumpet. We'll come back to the sixth trumpet after a while. But I want you to look at something, if you will. The Bible said in verse 13, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Have you noticed, and I noticed it this year, they've been talking about for the last year, that Euphrates is drying up. I never heard that in my life. Don't reckon that's ever happened. But God said it's going to. And, and I'm not saying it's going to dry up in the next few days, all that stuff. I believe God just trying to flip the switches a little bit to let us know that his Bible is still true. It's yeah. coming to pass. And uh, just a little bit, he's kind of like telling us this. When you look up and see the rainbow, you know I'm not going to destroy the earth by water again. But it also reminds you of a flood. And so I believe God's saying, all right, Euphrates River had not dried up yet and the armies ain't coming from the north yet. But uh, it, it is and will. At the appointed time. The four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, hour, and a day, and a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. Can anybody tell me how many that is? Take your math. You can figure that now. Two million. No? 200 million. If I'm reading it right. 200,000. 200 and three three more zeros is 200,000. And then you add another thousand to it. Write it down. down. That's three more zeros. 200 million. Now that's that's the army. Now you see how many is going to war? This is the tribulation. Yeah. 200 million army. And that's when the Chinese are going to come. That's when they're all coming from the north and all that stuff down through and they're coming against Israel and all that. You see, these are just some of the things I'm throwing in to let you know it's going to happen. Now I'm not going to be here. No, I'm not going to be here. Thank God for that. Huh? All right, I'll turn it in just a minute. But let's let's look at this. He said, and so I want you to get that little figure, two hundred million. Uh, that's in there. So uh, it it's there. 
Now, China's preparing for that now. They are doing it. They yeah. are. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you the title or the thought for the next thing. We're not only going to have a regathering back to Israel, and not only are we going to have um, uh, what we've just been talking about here, about a work against, uh, you know, the things of God and God working against them, but there's going to be in that same time, and we're going to look at that in just a minute, in chapter 16, the book of Revelation. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But in chapter 16, you're going to find uh, in uh, verses 13 down, and we're going to read that when we get back in here in just a minute, you're going to find that it's going to be demonic times. And what do you see? And you've seen more demonic times than you've ever seen now, haven't you? In our day. Amen. Ain't that right, Brother Tom? I mean, all this stuff, these are killing, these folks killing people in the schools and all that. They're demonic. People don't agree with that. They think, oh, they're sick. They're sick. Yeah, there's sin sick. Nothing God couldn't settle. But they won't listen to it. Everything is demonic. Uh, all this stuff, television's done that. Uh, and taking the Bible out of the schools, prayer out of schools, and out of the homes. That's what's done it. We're going to look at that in just a minute. So I'm going to kick this thing off and we'll take a little break.